scriptures out of the Bible. I'm going to start in Exodus, the 20th chapter, and just probably read scriptures for a little bit and make comments on them before I start preaching this morning. But in Exodus 20 and 12, I wish I had all the kids up here. Exodus 20 and 12 said, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. 21 and 15 and 17. And he that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. And he that stealeth a man and selleth him or if he be found in his hand, he shall be surely put to death. What do I have here? 21:15. And he that curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Praise God. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. For and you may be seated. <clears throat> I hope Sister Dean paid the bills. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now, sometimes when we read in the Old Testament, somebody said, well, that's the law of the Old Testament, <clears throat> and we're not living in the Old Testament, and you better be glad, too, because you hear what this just said, and they still live like this in Israel. They still live like this in Israel. When I was in Israel, a whole bunch of those Israeli students, I said, Is, you don't hear about that in the American newspaper. You only hear about the Arabs because we have an emotional synthetic uh, news media over here. But when I was in Israel, the Hebrew students rose up against the government. And they went in there with machine gun and killed seventeen of, or killed seven of them, and wounded a whole bunch of them, and it never even got in the Jerusalem Gazette. You don't rebel against your mother and father in that country, and you don't rebel against your parents. I mean, the government in that country, and that's the kind of government God set up. I said, God set that up. And he's speaking through the mouth of Moses said, take them out and kill them. But when we get into the New Testament, we don't have to worry about that no more. We can cuss them all we want to or do whatever we please. Uh, we're not going to be taken out and killed so we can get by with it. But if you turn to the book of Matthew, the 15th chapter, you don't get by with nothing. Matthew, the 15th chapter and the fourth verse, this is Jesus Christ himself speaking. And he said, for God commanded. And when God makes a commandment, he don't change his mind like people do. Amen. God's not on today and off tomorrow. But it said, God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother. And he that curses, he that curseth father or mother, 
let him die the death. For with whatever curse you curse your mother or father with, this is New Testament I'm reading now, that you die that curse. There's an old man that run around with me when I was a young preacher. He taught me more. <laughs> I seen him scare a policeman to death one time. I don't know, but what the policeman might have been right. I don't know. But the policeman pulled this old gentleman over, old brother Dave Unruh, some of you knew him. <clears throat> and uh, he was really zealous for God. He was suddenly, I wish we had some old men like that around here now. He was 76, I think, when we buried him. <clears throat> he used to He used to get out and make the victory marches around here. If you were sick, he was coming to pray for you whether you thought you needed it or not. Praise God. Hallelujah. You was going to get prayed for. I never had to worry. All the sick ones out there, if they didn't want to come up here and get anointed to get prayed for, Brother Unruh would take care of it. Hallelujah. Praise God. But the old man taught me something. He's taught me the scripture in the Bible that said, For whatever judgment you mete out, that shall you be judged with. Old policeman pulled him over one day and he was telling Brother Unruh he was doing all kind of things. Brother Unruh said, The Bible said, For whatever judgment you mete out, that shall you be judged with. And that policeman got so shook up, he put his pad in his pocket and told him, just be careful, sir, and drive carefully. <laughs> Hallelujah. I never got so tickled in all my life, but I was kind of glad he was turned loose. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And just because they don't take you out today and stone you to death there's no sign you're getting by praise God there's a God in heaven that sees everything there was a young boy that comes to this church he's not a member in this church he's not here today and he comes very seldom but uh, they've been <clears throat> planning on coming here and we're trying to get him in the church and get him saved and uh, in reference to a wedding, he said, I don't think I want my mother to come. I just said, wait just a minute. Praise God. I said, does she cause trouble when you get around her? Does she rail? Does she? Oh, no, she wouldn't do nothing like that. I said, okay. I said, the day's going to come when you wish you'd let her come. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said to give honor to whom honor is due. Praise God. Your mother may not be saved, but she could be if you treat her right and keep the right kind of attitude and spirit. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And when I say saved, I mean repented of her sins and been baptized in Jesus' name filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what I mean when I say saved. Praise God. I'm going to get a little rough for the day's over, but we're living in a rough hour. 
you know that Jesus spoke plain. I sit in a court of law this week, and friend, I want to tell you they spoke plain in there. Uh, when they talked about the anatomy of the body, they didn't want you to say certain specifics. They wanted you to just say what it was. Praise God. And Jesus spoke plain while he's on the face of the earth. And uh, I'm not a man of uh, real long words, but I think that if I wanted to this morning, I could preach in a way that you'd have a hard time trying to figure out what I said. But I don't intend to try to do that this morning. I intend to make it so plain you can't hardly miss what I said. Praise God. Praise God. How many of you want to be saved this morning? And if you want to be saved, you're going to have to follow this book to the crossing of the T, the dotting of the I. And where the sentence is, you put a period. And where the question is, you leave a question mark. Praise God. Because Jesus said, not one jot or tittle shall be uh, messed with in this book. Praise God. But every man shall give account up. That means you and me. I don't care if I stand in the pulpit or sit in the pew. Amen. You don't escape this thing. Praise God. God even brings nations into judgment. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now, getting over a little more to our side this morning in the book of Romans and the 16th chapter, there is something that this world... Uh, has tried to do away with is not tried to do away with but is doing away with there are some things you can't do away with and enjoy or expect to expect uh, I look at some of our older people that are going on before us and I hate to see them leave And I look at some of our older people that's going on before us, and I'll be glad when they're gone. That bunch that gathers on 4th Street for bingo and rails against going to church and teaches all their grandchildren it's not necessary, I'll be glad when they're gone. But I sure hate to lose. I watched the day they buried my pastor, and I thought, oh, my God, <clears throat> look at all that the Lord has allowed to just go to the ground that we need to go on in this hour. Amen. Praise God. All of the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that man had, how he needed it rather than to lose it. But God has a way of raising up each generation. Praise God. Hallelujah. But there are things that are fastly escaping us as a society today that must not escape the church of the living God. Praise God. And... <clears throat> When I look around, I go to see my doctor. He's got a white shirt on like this. He doesn't wear a tie. He wears a pair of blue jeans and a pair of slippers or a pair of cowboy boots. 
And I remember when you never seen the doctor dressed like a cowboy. But he was somebody you looked up into in the city that um, knew how to dress. Praise God. Somebody said, well, I don't think that you should have to dress up like that all the time. Let me tell you something. A woman acts different when she's walking in a dress than she does when she's walking in a pair of slack pants. So the type of clothes you wear does have something to do with your feelings and your raising and the way you handle yourself. If you dress like you're in the barnyard, you're going to act like you're in the barnyard. If you dress like you're coming to church, you're going to act like you came to church. I love to see women in dresses whether they're saved or not. You know why? They walk like women. But you put her in a pair of slack pants and she can change from walking like a woman. when I got this suit on than when I got when I got the I, I had my suit on this morning and somebody dumped a bunch of uh, dog food out in the middle of the street from my house and I think they'd like for my dogs to eat them <clears throat> so this morning with my suit on I went and fed my dogs up real heavy before I left for church because I didn't want them trying to get loose because they's mighty hungry to get out there to eat that stuff. Praise God. And when I went out there with my suit on this morning, I told one of them, get in the house. The other ones were in the house when I fed them. But if I'd have went out there in my old clothes this morning on, I'd have let them jump on me, pat them on the head, let them wiggle around fed them real good I don't act the same way when I got a suit on as I do when I've got my work clothes on I didn't intend to get on it but I did what I'm saying is is we the doctor wants you to respect him and treat him like a doctor but I'll guarantee you they're not going to get it unless they start dressing like one. Amen. I run around with lawyers. They run around in dress clothes all the time. And uh, I understand why they don't wear a tie all the time because I don't like to wear a tie all the time. <clears throat> but when they go to court, they got a tie on because the judge is looking out there now. Praise God. It's got a lot to do with it. And mother, 
If you want your children to respect you, dress godly. Raise them godly. Teach them respect. My mama taught me respect. And my wife says her mother didn't, but I'm going to tell you one thing about my wife. I've been around her sisters, and my wife has got sisters that's old enough to be her mother. And I've been around her sisters, and they have some very high ethics. And if my my wife's mother never taught them to her, I know who taught them to her. Somebody taught them to her. Praise God. And my mother taught them to me. I mean, my mother taught me that I was to respect her. She took the Bible down and taught me where I was to respect her. Then she picked the board up and taught me I was to respect her. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm going to tell you, if you don't teach them children to respect you, you don't have anything to howl about, Mama. And brothers in the church, because your mother didn't teach you to respect her, is no way a way for you to come in this church and treat women like they're dogs or something. I know you don't hear this in other churches because they don't care. All they want is their offering today so they can work next week. But around here we're going to get saved and we're going to treat one another like the Bible said to. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. And when you come in here you treat the older women like the Bible says to treat them. And the younger women like the Bible says to treat them. You remember that we're all holy vessels in here. Every one of us is what God cleaned up in that altar and in that baptismal tank and filled us with his spirit. And we're all of us sinners saved by grace. Amen. Hallelujah. And when you come in here, you do like the Bible said. Now in Romans, the 16th chapter, Paul is writing and closing out the book of Romans and he's saluting. He's, that salute means a salutation, a greetings. When I was in the army, you saluted those that were in authority. Not the non-commissioned officers, but all commissioned officers. I had a second lieutenant one time ask me why I didn't salute him. I said, once a day's enough. And I got by with that, but if he'd have wanted to, he could have pressed the issue. Because the army says you will salute them every time you meet them. Praise God. I had a colonel one time. I didn't think I'd salute him, and I'd wished forever I hadn't forgot to. Praise God. He didn't take it like that second Louis did. He drilled it really deeply impressed in me that I would salute him if he was in bed asleep. Praise God. Praise God. I mean, he got it so that I didn't even want to see him. Praise God. I'd walk around the block, keep from walking by him. Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> but uh, he was teaching me a lot of things that a lot of young people think is not necessary.
he was probably the one that in real life combat would have saved my life with an order so I had to learn to take him praise God but there are some things we do because we are filled with the love of God I wonder how many of you really know what the love of God is we ought to help Sister Diane at this moment. She needs our help. Her husband where he's at and her child where he's at. And we ought not to get that love mixed up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said here, salute Rufus. Rufus, you listen to this. It don't say much about Ruf him. I only knew one man named Rufus in my life. It's Brother Bazer. He's about like this one in here is too. It said, salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord. So I thought I'd check this out this morning. See, why is this guy so chosen in the Lord? And according to the commentaries, he was strong with his integrity toward the elders of the church and his faith in God and for holiness. And so here he's called chosen of the Lord. Praise God. And he doesn't go on to say, but he says, and his mother and mine. Probably Rufus was so chosen of the Lord because of his mother. Because she was strong in the faith. She had strong integrity. She loved holiness. And she was such a godly woman that Paul here calls her his mother also. I love some, I used to kiss Sister Avery on the cheek a lot. That is one of the most precious women I've ever met in my life. I never knew Sister Avery to say anything bad about anybody the entire days of her life. And her walk with God was such a consecrated walk with God that when I would go down there, she would try to find something wrong with her walk with God to where she needed to scoot up in Christ. And if I told you what she found wrong with her walk with God, you'd laugh about it because most of you wouldn't care. You wouldn't think there's anything wrong with that. She was living so close to God, but she knew any moment she'd be going to meet him. Praise God. Praise God. She called me out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning to come down and pray for her, and so help me God to stand here. And before I got out of that place of praying for her, she had me lifted up in the spirit. And I believe probably this woman of Rufus' mother was a whole lot like that. And old Paul said, and my mother also, she's teaching me. I'm an apostle. But they, some women can live so right and so close to God and so careful that they can be your mother too. 
Hallelujah. And so this great apostle chose to take her on as his mother. Praise God. Praise God. There are some beautiful women in church. There's some ugly ones, but there's a lot of beautiful ones. Amen. Very beautiful women. I'm not talking about of uh, measurements. I know some very beautiful women by appearance and measurements. If you got married to one of them. I used to go with a girl that was pretty, wasn't she, honey? She was a beautiful girl. Long blonde hair, son, she was something. Guys in the high school, I even had to fight some guys because she was so pretty. I decided one day to dump her because she'd talk about after we got married what we was going to do this and we was going to do that. Boy, she didn't know it. She scared me to death because I knew I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. And I done figured out that she wasn't going to make me do this and she wasn't going to make me do that. That poor girl lost me and I don't imagine today she figured out why. But I sure did. I'm going to tell you beauty there's a whole lot more than your skin. You can rub everything on your skin before you go to bed, woman. But that won't make the inside of you right. Hello. And all these young boys in here want you to look like Marilyn Monroe. I know that. They don't have enough sense to know that if you look like Marilyn Monroe, why you might they might lose you, but praise God. Amen. I'll tell you what I like about you women's when you look godly and holy. And that's what God likes. And when you know how to pray. Mother, if you don't know how to pray today, God help you. You're not going to raise a family worth a hoot. Young lady, if you can't pray today, you're going to lose your mind. I guarantee you, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. I guarantee you, you're going to wind up sedated. So I grew up in those years. Uh-huh, I did too. I tell you how old I am. When I was a boy, they didn't even have diesel engines running up and down the track when I first started growing up. It was all steam engines. I remember my mom and daddy taking me up on a B-29 when they bombed Hiroshima sitting at home in the airfield. I remember the adults standing around looking at that B-29. They said, they'll never build a plane bigger than this. My, my, that thing wouldn't even make a good thimble to a good-sized jet fighter today. I grew up a long time ago, too, but I'm going to tell you something. 
We sure didn't act like we act today. Somebody said, well, things are a lot nicer now. I beg your pardon. When we had a family reunion, at least we knew whose kids was whose. We didn't go to family reunions and they say, well, that kid belongs to so-and-so and that kid belongs to so-and-so and that kid belongs to so-and-so. And mama's the mom of all them kids, you know. Oh, come on now. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't think things are better today. You know, they act like wearing slack pants is just women's apparel baloney you're not kidding this old dog I know when the women in this country put the pants on it was during World War II and that's what got this nation in the horrible mess it's in today and I'm going to tell you something else it was not an accepted thing my mama worked in a factory and I remember when she hung her slack pants on the clothesline that the center women in the neighborhood wouldn't even talk to her and call her all kinds of names. But today them women put them things on and think it's just women's apparel. They've been deceived in their mind. Amen. Amen just because society accepted it but look at the mess society's in but it had to get to this place so the Lord could come deliver the church praise God amen you better believe that's right God said he's going to make the church cry hey if you love the things of God and holiness you want out of this mess you don't want to stay here Womanhood's fell a long ways, but because it does, no sign the godly women have to because you're not like those women out there. God washed you up and cleaned you, put his spirit in you. You don't have to think like they think. You don't have to live like they live, and you don't have to have the results they're having. Praise God. But you will have if you don't pray. The women must pray. The men must too. But praise God. But first Samuel, first chapter, eighth verse. Then said Elkanah her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thine heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Somebody said, Brother Elder, why do you always use this chapter on the women? I'm going to tell you why. Because as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, this is the kind of women God's looking for today. 
And God gave us a fabulous example of what he wants out of women today. Dear sister, you cannot lead your children to live for God if all you do is run over to Sister Sally's house and get her praying information on how to raise your kids. God expected you to pray to raise up your house. He didn't expect you to raise your house up off of praying Sister Sally Hyde. He expected you to pray. Well, I, I heard Sister So-and-so say, hey, if God gave Sister So-and-so the answer in prayer how to raise her house and it worked for her, do you think it'll work for you? Well, it ought to. She got it in prayer. Uh-uh. I found out there's a lot of difference between the elders and the Jones. I never knew how to say all man until I got around Brother Butch. See? Just as natural as breathing with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's a lot of differences. You know, I eat in folks' home. The food don't taste like it does at home. I went out to a restaurant last night, got some mashed potatoes and gravy. I used to eat them all the time. And I don't like to eat salt, so I backed a lot away from salt. But I tell you, last night, I tried to empty that salt shaker on them potatoes, try to make them taste like something. But I never did get them to where I could make them taste like something. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> There's a lot of difference at your house and my house. And what works for my kid ain't going to work for your kid because if I'm raising Johnny and you're going to try to raise up your little uh, George the way I'm raising Johnny and God says, do this to Johnny and you say, hey, I'll go home and do that to George. You're going to find out George don't take to it too kindly because God didn't tell you to do that to George. He told you to do it to Johnny. I better put this on so I can see you out there. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Bible said, and she wept sore. That's something to see a mother crying anymore. Women have got so hard they don't cry anymore. They're like men. I didn't think much of uh, of course, I didn't think much of Mrs. Kennedy before President Kennedy got killed. I was in the Army, and I'm, I knew too many facts about her. I knew she wasn't out there in that uh, uh, ocean with seven sailors and her the only woman and just out there seeing the ocean. Praise God. And uh, when, when her husband got shot and killed and she walked behind the bar and never wept a tear it didn't impress me my wife don't cry at my funeral I'm going to wonder what's wrong She 
she better at least shed some tears. I mean, after all that insurance money I'm leaving her. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not impressed by women that don't cry. I think a whole lot more of a woman that can cry. Amen. A woman so hard she can't cry, she needs to pray. She, she's not going to raise her children right. Children need tender loving care, and the only place they're going to get that is from mama. And then sometimes they just need some care, and they're going to get that from dad. I've listened to my girls hassle with my wife more in the last two or three months than I ever have since I've been growing up. And of course, I've been gone, you see, out roofing, but I've been home lately. And they start that stuff on their mother. See, they started that while I was going away from the house. But Dad's home now. Marcia never smarted off to her mother, but what she didn't get her teeth rearranged. And I'm going to tell you what, these girls ain't going to do it either. They, they can have mama's tender love and care, but they're going to get some of daddy's care. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My wife is me. The Bible said you and your wife are one. And them kids go smarting off to her, they're smarting off to me. Boy, I'm telling you, I never did take to that too good by anybody. Hallelujah. And especially on my kids. Somebody said, well, your kids say yes, sir, no, sir, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. They better. They don't hurt you to teach your kids to be courteous. If you want them to have some respect when they grow up, you better put it in them while they're little. I noticed when I sit in there on that seat the other day and looked at the judge and lawyer, I said, no, sir, and yes, sir. I seen one guy say, yeah. Boy, it got real quiet in there. It was like a cat had howled or something. Hallelujah. Praise God. You want to be treated like you got some sense, you better act like you got some sense. Come on. There's nothing wrong with no sir and yes sir. When you talk to the ladies around here, call them sister. When you talk to the men around here, call them brother. That's the Bible. That's old-fashioned, but it's Bible, and the Bible's old-fashioned, and God is still the same. He's not this old stuff of them calling the preacher by their first names. They're even starting to do that in our organization, just call them by their names, the first names. And let me tell you something, when the preachers start that stuff, they can't expect the saints to respect them. Respect demands respect. 
Put it in your children. Mama, you want them kids to come up, right? Don't wait till they're 12, 13, 15 years old and start bawling, squalling, say, oh, I didn't do this right and I didn't do that right. Start doing it now. Hallelujah. Right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. And pray. She vowed a vow. You know what? A lot of many, many modern Pentecostals today are scared to make a vow to the Lord. I said to a man here a while back, why don't you make a vow to the Lord? He said, oh, he said, I'm afraid I'll break it. I said, so you'd rather not make a vow. You'd rather just go on in your own pernicious ways. I tell you why they don't want to make a vow to God today. They don't want to be tied down to God. But Paul said, I'm in bondage to God. What are you saying, Paul? I make vows to God. I promise God that if I do this, God, I want you to do this for me. But God, I'm going to live for you whether you do it or not. Don't be afraid to tie yourself up to God. Let me ask you something, Mama. What could you tie yourself to better? Hallelujah. Said she wept sore. She vowed a vow to the Lord of hosts. If thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid. And there's so much here this morning I could preach. I could go for three hours. Some of you mothers out there are afflicted. And you need to get down and pray till God raises your affliction. The Bible said in the book of James, the fifth chapter, if any man's afflicted, let him pray for himself. Amen. 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 And she said, I'm afflicted. And said, Forget not thine handmaid, but wilt thou give unto thine handmaid a man child that I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Praise God. I want to tell you something. If you're raising children, you better raise them unto God, because I'm going to tell you right now, Mom, if you think you're going to raise them without God, you've got an interesting life ahead of you. And I'm going to tell you what, before it's all over with, you'll be glad. I was sitting there shaving in the mirror, and ain't nobody in here going to tell me I don't love my son. I'm so proud of him, I have a hard time keeping my buttons from popping sometimes. But I don't let him know it, I let the air out of him. I shove something in him, let the air out of him. Hallelujah. But I was sitting there shaving, looking in the mirror this morning, saying, praise God, I'm glad he's gone. I love to see Marsh and Greg come over. I really enjoy it when my married kids come home. But I like to see them go back to their house, too. I was sitting there shaving this morning, relaxed. When they're home, you got to hurry up. Whack it off. Hope you get it. <laughs> Praise God. Why? Next. I'm next. Let me in. I got to go to church too. I'm going to pray. Well, I got to pray too. Mm. 
I hugged him and kissed him and I hugged her and kissed her and I gave him some money and I told him I was going to pray for him the Lord take care of him hallelujah it's good to see him going down the road it's good to have him home for two weeks but it sure was good to see him going down the road hallelujah amen, amen. say well I don't believe I'll ever be like that all Wait till yours come home to tell you what kind of groceries to buy. <laughs> tell you the reasons why you're sick is because you do this and you do that and that and this and that and that. And the reason why you don't have your house painted and the reason why... What's wrong? They're a little family themselves. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But I'm going to tell you something. God's going to help you, mother, if you decide you're going to raise that kid up for God. Pray. Now, I want you to see how Hannah prayed, and then I need to move on. Wish I could go as fast as time. But listen how she prayed. 12th verse. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now I suppose if anybody got the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, it must have been Hannah. Hello. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Now this is very important. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. She didn't go and pray because she thought she uh, was on fire for God. She went and prayed because she knew only God could hear her complaint and grief and do something about it. I tell a lot of ladies when their husband's not treating them right, go pray. If he's really saved, God will work his motor over. Just because he runs the aisles and dances and shouts and talks in tongues, no sign God's just going to leave him out there spinning around. I mean, God can overhaul his motor just as easy as he can yours. Take your complaints and griefs before the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 And husband, uh, it might do you well to take some of yours to the Lord too instead of trying to coarser her. There's times I believe God made the man over the woman and to help her. But when I was teaching the boys in school last week, they asked me, said, Brother Elder, how's come and said, help me? I said, because almost all your married life, you'll be helping each other meet the situation. The mating will be over the first two years or three. You don't need a help mate. 
the mating stops pretty soon. All the rest of your life, you're meeting. Hallelujah. I see the older folks grinning and the younger ones frowning. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I said in my study this morning, I'm thinking of the words of Solomon, the wise man. He said, what happened at the one happened at all. Praise God. You can't get out of it. Thank yourself smart. Thank you can get by with it. Thank you can get out of what another man's went through, but you're kidding yourself, buddy. You, you're going through this thing because God's devised a plan and you're going through it. I talked to an old man here a while back. He's an old black man. And I was patting him on the shoulder and kind of giving him some respect and a little uh, attention. And he said, man, he says, he says, you know, he says, I have been through the mill. And I said to him, I said, you know what? He said, what? I said, I'm beginning to find out what that mill's like. I knew what the old gentleman was talking about. And the Lord going to put you through the mill. Praise God. Amen. He's going to see how you come out of the mill. Amen. You never worked in a mill, you don't know what he's talking about. But there's a lot of places in that mill you can get messed up. Praise God. Amen. There's a lot of places in that mill you can get happy. You learn to be messed up and you learn to be happy. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. But she took her grief. Lord, to help you a hundred times faster than all these people in this church is if you take your grief to the Lord. If these mothers take their grief to the Lord, there is a lot of afflictions on your body. It's because of the stress you're going through. You need to go to the Lord in prayer. And the Lord can change things around and you won't have so much stress. Amen. Amen. How many of you want the Lord to do that for you this morning? Praise God. Take it to the Lord. Now, for you young mothers, I ought to go through Deuteronomy 6. Most of you know it because I preach it around here a lot. But in Deuteronomy the sixth, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments that the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land where whither you go to possess it, that you might fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and commandments of the Bible. A lot of people say, well, I love the Lord. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to get on this in just a few seconds when I go to preaching out of the second book of John. But if you love the Lord, keep his commandments. 
And he said, I commanded thee that thou and thy son and thy son's sons all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it that it may be well with thee and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is... Is what? Hear the... Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy might that's what Jesus told the rich man when he met him in the New Testament as a first commandment and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. I'm going to tell every one of you mothers that teach your children there's a trinity, God forgive you. Because God never one time told you to teach your children there's a trinity. God told you to teach your children there's one God and him only shalt thou serve. Raise them up. Teaching them. Teaching them the truth. Let me tell you something. You cannot expect your kids to act right if you don't teach them. I do paddle my kids. I know the law says you're not supposed to. Well, you'd be surprised. They'll stand behind you if you, you just swack them around on the back end a couple times. They'll stand behind you on that. So if I only get two whacks in, I make two good ones. I, I tell you what, though, sometimes you can get more accomplished with ten soft ones. I told Paul Mitchell, I caught him smoking one day. He come roaring around the corner of the shed, and he had some cigarette butts in his mouth, one, and some in his hand. He picked up from Pickwick store when we lived next to it, you know, and here he come rolling around, puffing on that thing, had it all lit up and everything, and I said, oh, you want to smoke, huh? <laughs> Boy, y'all seen his eyes and his face. He looked like he ran into God or something. <laughs> and I just buried Jeff just a few months before, and I said, I'm just going to kill you I'm just going to give you back to God I'd rather you die now while you might be saved than I would for you to grow up and live like a devil so I took him in the bedroom and I had this old belt I knowed it wasn't going to kill him and I started beating on him I beat him over the bed and out from under the bed and around and around the bed I wasn't hitting him hard I was just hitting him Hitting him and a hitting him. Finally, he fell in the closet and he said, Oh, God, if, if you won't let him kill me, he said, I won't smoke no more. I said, You promise God you won't smoke no more if I let you live. You going to keep your promise? Yes, I'll keep my promise to God. I'll keep my promise to you. I'll keep my promise. I promise, I promise, I promise.
Somebody said, I don't believe you ought to treat a kid like that. Well, he's out there preaching the gospel today. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know an old black Pentecostal preacher called his boys sinning. I never did this, but he did. Hallelujah. He went in and filled the bathtub up full of water. Took him in there and said, I'm going to give you back to God. You're going to live to be a devil? Shoved him down under that water and held him, boy. He thought he was going to drown. He lit him up just long enough to catch his breath. Said, you're going to live for the devil. I'm going to kill you. Shoved him down under that water and held him. <laughs> Finally, he let him out of there. That boy's out preaching the gospel today. He decided he'd rather live for God than he would for the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now some folks say, well, I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm not going to have any drastic things like that and all that kind of stuff. That's okay. We don't expect you to. Praise God. You just go ahead. Hallelujah. But I did. My kids didn't smoke in my house. They didn't cuss in my house. They didn't backmouth their mother unless they got something else that backed their mouth. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad I got a mother that raised me up like that. <laughs> I remember my brother badmouthed my mother. She got so mad she picked up a chair and hit me. And that did make her mad. Then she hit Tom with her fist. Knocked him clear in the closet. Or he fell in there or something. I don't know how he got in there, but he got in there. That whole pile of clothes fell on him. <laughs> he couldn't get out. Boy, she took advantage of that. She pounded him and pounded him. Praise God. My mama don't take no back mouth. She didn't. Even today, she'd tell us boys, you shut up and listen to me. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad I was raised that way. Raised to honor your mother. Praise God. Give her respect. Praise God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad for it. Praise God. All right, now I'm going to try to close over here on something real serious today in the book of Second John we're living this hour mother and I'm going to tell you mother something you have to be a mother in this church I want you to hear this statement more than anything I've said this morning you have to be a better mother today than any group of mothers that's ever grew up before You have to be. You have to be spiritual, Mother, because the devil is coming into the church subtly. And if you're not spiritual, Mother, you're going to swallow up a lot of things that's all right that's going to destroy your household. I thought about it this morning. I remember when I was a little boy, they preached against funny books. I preached against listening to the radio. 
They even preached if women wore holes without seams in them, they was in trouble. I remember the first few women that come to church with seamless holes. Boy, Sister Romine was on them like fly on honey. And it's a lot of things that you poor little darlings couldn't handle that we handle. And I watched them over the years making the church and the gospel compatible to people. Compatible to each generation. And uh, I've been asked by my own family a lot of times, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? An old sermon, Brother Verbal Bean, preached to me, come back to me here a while back. He said, if you wash your hands with soap, he said, it'll kill germs. You take a shot of penicillin, it kills germs. What's the difference between it? And you can start measuring yourself up like that with things that are compatible that you can live with and still live for God. But you're going to lose your faith you one time had with God. And we're in a generation of Pentecostals today that believe they can have videos in their home and watch these sex movies and watch all kinds of Hollywood movies in their homes and still live for God. We're in, we're in, we've got a generation of young women in here that would rather spend time out in the sun getting brown than they wouldn't alter praying their problems through to God. Hello. And uh, preacher, we don't want you to cast us into hell for that. We want to live for God, but we don't want it so straight and narrow. None of us can live for God. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. This isn't how I make it. And I'm going to tell you something else, mothers, this morning. It's not me that's going to have problems. I was sitting there the other day thanking God that I'm getting my kids out of the house. I got two more of them to go, and it's not looking forward to that. It's a rough time. Amen. And uh, I got to thinking yesterday about grandchildren coming on. They're going to come sooner or later. I know that. And uh, and I'm not upset because I don't have any. Isn't that awful? I'm not upset because I don't have any grandchildren. I believe my grandchildren will get here right on time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. But I was sitting there thinking about my children raising their children. I wonder how much effect I'll have and be able to help them in that hour that's coming. Praise God. Because you see, here's older couple here this morning that I can tell by looking and watching them while I'm preaching they know the things I've been talking about because they've been in the truth for so many years but they've lived to see all kinds of things come into the church and you can still be saved 
you can still be saved. I wonder if we'll live to see the day when our women are bobbed hair just like all the rest of the churches and movies are the main thing on Sunday night and the power of God's gone and Ichabod's written over the door and we're still all saved and we're still Pentecostals and we're still all in the truth. I'm going to tell you, young mother, something the way you raise up your children is what's going to take care of the church of tomorrow. And you can fight and contend with the men of God all you want to. You're going to pay for it horribly. You yourself, when you die, won't even have a good place to go to church. I want you to hear me this morning, Mother. This is more important than just my kids today. And in the book of John, we find the second epistle of John, we find something treacherously has happened. It's a happening there just like it's happening right now today before our very eyes. It said, the elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth and not I only but also all they that have known the truth. Now when this man's preaching the truth he's not talking about he's not talking about what you and I think. He's talking about what Christ taught him before he left this earth. That you have to preach you got to repent. I prove this man preached repentance. Water baptism in Jesus' name and infilling of the Holy Ghost. A man writing this Bible right now. And that's what he's calling truth. He's calling holiness truth. They have spent their entire 70 some years with the church uh, teaching them, 73 years, uh, teaching them the truth. And they're leaving the scene, they're leaving it in the hands of the next generation. And he said unto the elder, unto the elect lady. He is speaking of a woman in the church that has great respect. That has, let me tell you something, younger woman. Let God use you while you're young, but when you get old, don't become a fool. Go ahead and prophesy in the spirit. The Bible said that the handmaidens would. Don't be afraid of God. Don't be afraid you're getting out of order. If the Holy Ghost moves on you to prophesy, yield to the Spirit. Hallelujah. I didn't say go nuts, but I said yield to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let God use you. In encouraging, you encourage her. You encourage her. That's wonderful. I look at you young ones in this church. I'm proud of you. More proud of you than you think I am. I love the way you new saints help one another out. Be good the old church can watch you some. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to tell you, 
let the Lord make you now while you're young because when you get older you're going to need it Sister Newell, there's a day coming when you can't get out here in this aisle and shout for a half hour, 35, 45 minutes. Or at least I can't. Uh, I know one thing. If I shout for 45 minutes, it sure is the Holy Ghost. I shouted about 15 minutes the other day and I thought we was going to have call for an ambulance. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got up there in that mountain about two or three summers ago in that camp meeting 11,000 feet above sea level and got to shouting. And I mean the Holy Ghost come on me mightily and that's the wrong place for that to happen. 11,000 feet above sea level. I mean I was hurting and burning so bad I crawled down that sawdust and said okay God go ahead and finish me off right here. I mean. I mean, while you're young, you better do it. You better get all you can in you while you're young. While you shout, you got good, healthy lungs. Yes, sir. Praise God. Let the Holy Ghost teach you how to walk with Him. Let the Holy Ghost be your strength and guidance. Watch your prayer life, and when when they come to pass, praise the Lord. 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 Brother Mango, men like you and me got to watch ourselves. We're men of strong will and strong character. I got out there the other day with two young boys 20 years younger than me. I don't know how big one of those waves was, but I know it was big. It was big enough to finally put some fear in me. I said, you idiot. You know you can't swim half as long as you used to. And what would you do if this boat hit you in the head? And them two boys, them young boys, the one of them sitting over there on the end of the pew was a hollering his head off for a little bit. And then he got to grinning, thinking it was funny. And the other one was sitting on the front end of that boat, riding it like a Brahma bull. said, my, mine, here I am in the middle doing all this. Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to tell you what, some of us boys with strong character and will better be careful. We ain't half as tough as what we think we are. We need the Lord. And if it wasn't him putting up with our foolishness sometimes, we might be in more serious trouble than we are. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me tell you, he said, the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. Now he's preaching to a church. He's preaching to a Babylonian church, the church in Babylon. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in the truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I have found thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from God the Father. Come on. How many of you believe we received that commandment from God to walk in truth? 
Hallelujah. We'll receive from him to walk in the truth. Now, I beseech you there, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning that we love one another. I'm going to tell you something, woman. You better watch this, love, because God made you emotional and you can be messed up. And a man that goes for that stuff, there's not much help for a woman because God made the man stronger than that and if he falls for it, she's bound to fall for it. And she'll fall for it and try to make you fall for it, fella, but it's up to you to stay strong in the faith and keep her straight in the faith. And I don't mean box her ears in either. I mean, tell her you're not going to partake of them things which are erroneous. Hallelujah. You know, you can go around some folks and it looks like it's lovey-dovey this and lovey-dovey that and oh holy this and oh holy that. But underneath, buddy, it's sin to who don't know it. Fornication, adultery, and every unclean spirit. Is anybody here this morning? And there were some things that are creeping into the church then because we jumped from this book to the book of Jude and Jude's not saying it nice and carefully with a very um, uh, polished uh, vernacular like John's is saying it. Jude's just saying it bluntly how it is. And and they seen people coming in there trying to preach a triunity of gods. They was up against that thing. Rome was coming to power. They're closer to the Nicene Creed than you think. The church is going into persecution, tribulation, and troubles just like we're fixing to see right on our hands today. I'm going to tell you, people don't love this gospel. There's people that wants to get out of the mess they're in and God's a saving them. That's the reason why the church is doing as good as it is today. But this world does not love this gospel. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm glad I know the truth. And I want you to know what he said to hear. He said, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady. This lady is being influenced. I looked this up this morning. The elect lady, which in the Greek is Kyra, but this is a trick of the Greek. Her real name's Hebrew, which is Martha. And her name is Martha, and she's talking to Tyrannus, who is this elect lady of the Babylonian church. And I'm going to tell you something. I ought not to, but I'm going to. There is an elder woman in this organization that is teaching the women to get in a full length mirror and to shout gracefully before the Lord. 
paint their hair with hair coloring. She's a woman of esteem and influence and high influence too. She's a general official's wife. Not brother or Sean. No, no, no. But he's after her hide. And when he gets it, nobody'll know it. That's how smooth he is. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. She's going to cause a lot of havoc and shipwreck before he gets her. And going to ruin a lot of women's and their families' lives. I'm going to tell you, you better be careful what spirit beguiles you today. And that's what's going on here. That's why John's saying, You put this in your children. Now stand for it. Don't be persuaded in your older age that you was wrong. You know what happens to a lot of you mothers? You get older. I'm even getting to where I pay more attention to Polly. I call him Polly. You better call him Brother Elder. Hallelujah. Our kids, when they get in their 20s and 30s, this young man's got a lot of knowledge in him. If he ever gets it all put together, he'll really be useful for God. I hope he really gets it together one of these days. Hallelujah. But uh, I pay attention to Paul because these kids, they, they know things. I didn't ever care about studying. Know, a whole bunch of stuff about Pluto and Jupiter. I've never been there, but these kids been there, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, when I cut up, we learned a whole lot more about putting corn in the ground, brother, than we did Pluto and Jupiter. Maybe it was cotton for you, but it was corn for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I listen. You know, I mean, Paul says some words every once in a while. I said, well, I got to go get the dictionary out and see what this means. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, these kids aren't crazy and stupid. They just need lead right. You know what's wrong with us dumb older generation? We're getting so dumb, we think we don't know nothing, so we'll listen to them. No, we don't need to listen to them. They need us, and we need them. They still need a mother. I'm glad my mother comes into me every once in a while, says, you need to listen. You need to listen to God. She come in this year and told me I need to listen to God. Told me I was doing everything wrong and I need to listen to God. Well, not everything wrong, but I mean, seemed to me like everything wrong. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Well, I said, do you agree with everything she said? No. But I at least paid attention. I started checking things out. She said was wrong to see how wrong they was. Praise God. Hallelujah. Better check that tractor out, Brother Newell. It'll start banging and clacking and doing all kinds of things. Praise God. Hallelujah. And once in a while, he better check things out. I was leaving town the other day. I said, you know, I haven't checked the oil in his car for a long time. I suppose I ought to put my head under his hood and look once in a while. You know, you run down the highway and blow all the rods out. You say, well, that cotton picker no good for nothing gas station attendant. But remember this, that cotton picking no good for nothing gas station attendant ain't going to put a new motor in there for you. You are. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, I've heard all them things. I've heard them all, praise God. So every once in a while, I stick my head under there see what's going on. And uh, when, when mother comes in and tells me something, I just... So well, I'll pay attention to this, you know. You get so busy, you don't pay attention to some things. Hello. Hello. Praise God. That's what was going on here. And I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment. He's saying here, there's a lot of difference of I love in the truth. And I love in the truth. When you say, I love in the truth, well, it's according to what, who's saying truth is. There's a plumb line that measures every one of us. And when you say, I love in the truth, now you're talking about the commandments and statutes and laws of God. Amen. There's a lot of difference between I love, in the, uh, I love in the truth and I love the truth. It's according to whose truth you love. A lot of folks love Russia's truth. You go over there and tell them that. Come on. I had an old woman down at the fishing hole tell me this week. Said, well, there ain't nothing none of us can do. I said, I don't believe that stuff. She said, what do you mean? I said, the Filipinos proved to the whole world that you could do something if everybody had enough sense to get together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, you just got to find a generation of people that want to do something, do Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. But the thing I brought you to this attention to here, I want somebody to get Psalms 11 and 3 before I close this morning. I want you to read Psalms 11 and 3. I hate to, to put too much on the older women in the church. I love them dearly. But I'm going to tell you older women in this church, you owe us something. 
I'm going to tell you older women in this church something. You may not always have me for a pastor. You say, well, you leaving, Brother Elder? No. Not that I know of. But who says I'm going to be here next week? I've had a lot of things happen in years past. Bad pains in my chest. Almost have head-on collisions. I tell you, I think about that trip we went hunting on pheasants last year and how God helped us get out of that, Greg. That was a miracle. That woman was bent on hitting us head on, but Brother Jack kept her from it by just paying attention to God. Hallelujah. Not, you don't know when I'm going to leave here. You don't know when you're going to leave here. Amen. Praise God. Uh, but this church has got to go on. I said this church has got to go on. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I want you to read it for me. Psalms 11 and 3. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Older woman in the church, you're the foundation of this church. Some of your kids have backslid and tried to twist your mind around. Hello? You know, I had a young preacher who said, Brother Elder, how did all this stuff get in the church today that we accept is all right? Well, he hasn't pastored long enough, but he will. And I'll tell you what, ungodly wicked kids will do everything they can to change the mothers and fathers. That'll change the pastor. That'll... It's like the frog that's getting cooked. You know, you throw him in a pan of hot boiling water, he'll jump right out of it. He'll get scalded and burned pretty bad, but he'll jump right out of it. But you take that pan and put ice cold water in it, put that old frog in there and let him swim around a little bit. Turn the fire on, turn the burner down low so that water get warm just a little bit at a time. You can boil him and he'll never know he's getting cooked. John's is saying to the elect lady of the church, don't swallow that influence. There's wicked influences come to you. You raised your kids right. Stand for the truth. He don't only stop just right there. He goes on and this is the love that we walk after his commandments. They had the same trouble then we have today. Oh, God is love. God won't hurt nothing. God. There are people so stupid they think it's horrible because I skinned them fish. Pull that skin off them fish and they just jump. Boy, they're jumping all over the place. Paul Mitchell said yesterday to me, he said, you think they hurt? I said, I know if you did that to me, it hurt. People look dirty at me and mean old man do that stuff to something. You're a whore. Well, you hypocrite. Don't ever let me catch you down at the restaurant eating fish. 
how do you think they got to the restaurant? Besides that, if you knew the word of God, you wouldn't feel like these people who worship the creature more than they do God. I was just jerking her hide off yesterday and licking my chops at the same time. Fact is, while they're still fresh, I took one of them in and threw it in the skillet and fried it with three eggs and ate it for breakfast. He hadn't even quit jumping around yet. While he's in the scale, his tail was waving at me, Brother Grove. So I couldn't do that. I know it, but I can. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like them while they're fresh. And you know something? I'm not stupid like a lot of folks is. I have found out that in the book of Genesis, God made these creatures for me. Not for me to worship them, but for me to enjoy them. Praise God. Whenever you figure this out, that God's done this just right for you, you can quit acting like you're crazy and quit having heart attacks and mental attacks and all other kinds of attacks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I have no use for this crazy bunch of creature lovers and stargazers. I've done found the true living God and I'm going to keep his commandments and obey the truth. The truth means more to me than worshiping stars and creatures and this sloppy agape love. That's trying to infiltrate its way into Pentecost today. Amen. And this sloppy agape love, the first thing it'll do is teach you to love the creature instead of the commandments of God. You pull the Bible on them, they say, well, we go by our feelings. When we pray in the spirit, God talks to us. We don't need that Bible. I'm going to tell you something. Whenever you don't need that Bible, God's not talking to you. You got a damnable angel walking and talking with you, and you don't even know what's walking with you. I said it, and I ain't taking it back. Some of these women think they can come to church just any time they please and then raise up a good godly family. I'm going to tell you it won't work that way. You'll find out. Amen. Amen. I need God this week to tell me what to do next week. And I need God next week to tell me what to do the next week. And I'm going to need him the next week to tell me what to do the next week. He said, as we see the rapture of the church coming for us to gather more often. You know what he is telling us when he tells us to gather more often? When we see the rapture of the church coming, he's telling us to gather more often because the times are going to be ten times worse. Praise God. It's no wonder the world calls people hypocrites today. They go to their churches and see how they act on Sunday and go to work with them and see how they act on Monday. Come on. And I think we ought to be a Christian on the job Monday as well as we are in church Sunday. Hallelujah. You got a responsibility on your hands, mother. 
And I don't know how much more time I'll spend with you throughout this rest of this next year. But let this be what we said this morning be enough to make you get in that word and that Bible and pray. And don't leave it all up to daddy either.